it's time for the latest from the Local Government News Roundup. Coming up today, council meetings lapse for lack of a quorum. A countback to fill an extraordinary vacancy fails to get a result twice. A council resolution on Gaza to be subject to a rescission motion. An arbiter dismisses an application for a finding of misconduct against a rural mayor. A call in state parliament for a New South Wales council CEO to resign. A council website declared the most accessible in Australia. A new mayor elected in Cairns. And a council deals a blow to the expansion plans of a Grand Slam tennis tournament. Just some of the many local government stories getting our attention today. It's time to round them up. Thanks for joining me for the Roundup. I'm Chris Eddy and the podcast is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association, the national broadcaster on all things local government. A meeting of Strathbogie Shire Council lapsed on Tuesday before the election of the mayor for next year could be conducted. The Euroa Gazette has reported that two councillors left the meeting before the mayoral election could be conducted, shocking the mayor, Laura Binks, and drawing criticism from fellow councillors. Councillors Chris Rayburn and Sally Hayes-Burke reportedly said they couldn't support a mayoral election in the current environment. With two extraordinary vacancies currently on the council, the departure of the two councillors meant that a quorum could not be maintained. The council issued a statement to say that the meeting will be reconvened next Tuesday at 12.30pm from the agenda item listed as elections to office. There's still no word from the local government minister on her consideration of of a potential suspension of Strathbogie Shire Council. Strathbogie was not the only council unable to maintain a quorum this week. A meeting of Brimbank City Council on Tuesday night also lapsed and was rescheduled to the following day. The council was due to consider the introduction of regular public forums and the adoption of an LGBTQIA plus action plan. Six councillors attended the reconvened meeting on Wednesday with five councillors submitting apologies. It was ultimately decided not to introduce public forums at this time while a review of the Council's community engagement policy is underway and a four-year LGBTQIA plus action plan was passed unanimously. A third attempt to fill one of two vacant positions on Glenelgshire Council will take place on Monday. After the first attempt last Monday to fill the vacancy created by the resignation of Jaden Smith, the successful candidate failed to return a written declaration of qualification within the required 48 hours. A second attempt on Wednesday produced the same result. The VEC has scheduled a further countback for 10am on Monday the 27th of November. Another vacancy exists on the Council, of course, due to the resignation of Chrissy Hawker. A countback to fill that position is scheduled for the 4th of December. A motion supporting peace in Gaza and Palestine was passed by Maribyrnong City Council this week, but it was quickly followed by a rescission motion. The Council has announced that the rescission motion will be considered at its next meeting on the 12th of December. Amongst other things, the resolution called on the Australian Government to advocate for an immediate ceasefire and the release of all hostages, as well as calling for a report on the potential cancellation of any Council contracts with companies that support the Israeli Defence Force or profit from the conflict. The Age has reported that the rescission motion was submitted by former Mayor Anthony Tran, who initially voted in favour of the motion. The rescission notice was also signed by the Mayor Cook Lamb and Deputy Mayor Michael Clark. It's understood similar motions on the Israel-Gaza conflict will come before Yarra and Greater Dandenong Councils next week.
An arbiter's report will be tabled at Horsham Rural City Council's upcoming meeting on Monday evening after an application for a finding of misconduct against the Mayor, Robin Galeen. The complaint was brought by Councillor Ian Ross and related to exchanges between Mayor Galeen and a Horsham resident, Bart Turgoose. The arbiter, Noel Harvey, noted that Councillor Ross had not witnessed the alleged conduct and based his complaint on a letter he received from Mr Turgoose. After a directions hearing in August and a full hearing in October, Mr Harvey has determined that Councillor Galeen did not breach the prescribed findings of misconduct and dismissed the application. In February this year, Mr Turgoose became the first person to declare an intention to stand for election to the council at the next elections in October 2024. Still a teenager, Mr Turgoose would become the youngest councillor to be elected to the Horsham Council. Now, speaking of elections, there's a few more mayoral election results to bring you up to speed on. At Mount Alexander Shire Council, a new mayor has been elected. It's Matthew Driscoll. Last year's mayor, Rosie Ania, will take on deputy mayoral duties for the next year. At Mornington Peninsula Shire, Simon Brooks is the new mayor, taking over from Steve Holland, and the new deputy mayor is Antonella Celli. South Gippsland Shire has a new mayor also. Last year's deputy, Claire Williams, steps into the position doing a swap with Nathan Hersey, who'll be Deputy Mayor. At Yarri Ambiak, it will be a second consecutive term for Kylie Zanka in the mayoral position and a fourth time as Mayor for Councillor Zanka since 2011. The Council has chosen not to have a Deputy Mayor. At Tawong Shire, Andrew Whitehead retains the mayoralty and Denise Anderson is the new Deputy Mayor. And at Queenscliff Borough, the Mayor Isabel Tolhurst has been re-elected to the position, while former three-time Mayor Ross Ebbles will serve for a second time as Deputy Mayor. Our list is updated on the website at lgnewsroundup.com. I've just got 11 blanks to fill in to complete this year's round of mayoral or Deputy Mayor elections. Brimbank City Council and a collaboration of eight councils were named as winners at this year's Premier's Sustainability Awards at an event on Thursday evening in Melbourne. The Brimbank Aquatic and Wellness Centre was named the Community Champion winner in the Sustainable Places category, while the My Smart Garden Project came away with the Community Champion section of the Thriving Environment category. My Smart Garden is a cross-council collaboration between Hobsons Bay, Mooney Valley, Maribyrnong, Brimbank, Wyndham, Stonington, Merribeck and Yarra City Councils. Council finalists in other categories were Darabin, Yarra, Yarra Rangers, Merribeck, Knox and Maroondah. Some Victorian news briefs for you. The first sod has been turned on a new Aboriginal gathering place in Melbourne's north. Construction of the facility at Quarry Hills Parkland in the city of Whittlesey is expected to begin early next year with the opening anticipated in 2025. A redeveloped Northcote Aquatic and Recreation Centre has been officially opened. Ministers Ros Spence, Lizzie Blanthorne and Kat Theophanis joined Darabin Mayor Julie Williams for the opening of the centre that has received $10 million in state government funding. The council says the centre is on track to receive a six-star, green-star design and as-built rating. Marybeck Council has begun reducing speed limits in Brunswick as part of a shift to 40 km per hour limits on local roads across the council area. The Council has received State Government approval for the changes, which will be phased in over six stages between now and next June. Collector, major and arterial roads will be unaffected. Some councils in Victoria are waging a war on native birds, which are causing damage to council assets and creating noise issues in parts of the state. 
At West Wimmera, the council is stepping up efforts to deal with increasing numbers of corellas at Lake Wallace while trying to strike a balance between wildlife preservation and community safety. It's trialling the use of scare kites to deter the birds from nesting in trees and perching on structures around the lake. A comprehensive management program will also include culling to manage bird numbers. Meanwhile, at Surf Coast Shire, the council has kicked off Operation Locker 2 in Lawn this month with the aim of stopping increasingly clever cockatoos from opening bins and pulling out rubbish. Locking mechanisms are being fitted to residential bins in the town after a two-year trial which tested different bin modifications and locking mechanisms on 500 curbside bins. The council has developed a web page with a list of do's and don'ts for residents to reduce the potential for rubbish to be strewn across the streets by the persistent parrots. Now, just before the National Roundup, a plug for Roundup Unfiltered. There are two episodes in your queue now, especially if you're subscribers. The first episode on potholes and pitfalls, in which I speak with Marion Terrell, one of the authors of the Grattan Institute report on roads. Since that report's release, the government has made a major announcement about increasing roads funding to a billion dollars a year in terms of roads to recovery, as well as an increase to black spot funding. A very welcome announcement indeed. The other episode that you might like to check out now, if you're a subscriber, is my chat with Brian Hood, the Mayor of Hepburn Shire Council, about his battle with ChatGPT to reduce or remove the misinformation that is being provided by that chatbot about his involvement in a whistleblowing case. We get to the bottom of that in Roundup Unfiltered. It's coming for all listeners very soon, but it's available right now for subscribers in your podcast queue. You're listening to the Local Government News Roundup with Chris Eddy. Now to the National Roundup, kicking off with some stories out of New South Wales firstly, and Newcastle Council Chief Executive Jeremy Bath has been accused by MP Sonia Hornery of being the author of misleading and derogatory letters written under the name Scott Nalen. The Newcastle Herald reported this week that Ms Hornery used parliamentary privilege to call for Mr Bath's dismissal, asserting that he authored the letters and manipulated Mr Nalen to take the fall for him. Mr Bath denies involvement in writing the letters and an investigation into the matter is ongoing. The letters in question have targeted various individuals and groups, including Ms Hornery, and have reportedly portrayed the city of Newcastle in a positive light. Ms Hornery has also criticised the Newcastle Lord Mayor and local councillors for their handling of the situation. The Newcastle Herald has been investigating the origins of the letters and alleged links with Mr Bath since earlier this year. Ms Hornery said the council launched its own investigation into the matter 18 weeks ago, but is yet to provide any update. Councillors at the City of Ryde are expected to make a decision on Tuesday about the future of the Ryde Civic Centre site. An officer report recommends that the council sell the site to maximise returns and fix the council's precarious financial position, according to a report from the Sydney Morning Herald. The council has committed to projects costing $254 million, which officers say can't go ahead without cutting services and other council expenditure by as much as 50%. 22 other council sites have been considered for sale, but selling the Ride Civic Centre is presented as the best outcome. The site remains a hole in the ground after expenditure of more than $20 million since 2019 on demolition and project management costs. It's been valued at $133 million. 
Narendra Council will apply to IPART for a special rate variation to increase its ordinary rate income by 43.5% over two years. It decided against a recommendation to seek a one-year increase of 41.5%. The decision follows a consultation process with 187 submissions received, 145 of which objected to the proposed increases. In Queensland, Cairns Regional Council has elected a new mayor after the recent shock resignation of former long-time mayor Bob Manning. Terry James, deputy mayor for the past 11 years, was elected to fill the position until local government elections in March, but not without some controversy in the chamber. A challenge for the position came from Councillor Brett Olds, who argued that as Councillor James is a declared candidate for mayor in the March elections, he should not be given the advantage of incumbency over other councillors who also intended to run for mayor. The Cairns Post reported that ultimately that argument was unsuccessful, with the council voting 5-4 to four to elect Councillor James. The appointment of Councillor James as mayor now creates a councillor vacancy, and there'll be a process to fill that position by nomination instead of by-election, as it is within 12 months of a general election. Previous candidates and others who are qualified are invited to nominate by the 4th of December, with the council expected to make an appointment on the 13th of December. A bid to save more than $400 million from its budget will see Brisbane City Council postpone more than $50 million of flood recovery projects. Lord Mayor Adrian Schrinner said this week that a decision by the Queensland Reconstruction Authority not to contribute funding was short-sighted and it meant the council would have to put off planned works for the time being. The Brisbane Times has reported on the plans to cut 10% from the budget to avoid rate increases. The cuts will include $70 million in savings from IT contracts, consultants and back office efficiencies with $5 million to be cut from commercial business units. While Mr Schrinner has said permanent council staff will be safe from budget cuts, the council opposition leader Jared Cassidy claims there will be jobs lost and questioned where much of the $400 million in savings will come from. The city of Coburn in Western Australia has been recognised for having the most accessible website in Australia. It has won two awards at the Australian Access Awards, being named joint winner of the overall website of the year as well as the government website of the year. Its competition included the Australian Bureau of Statistics, the Brisbane and Melbourne City Councils, ABC iView, the WA and Victorian Governments and Accessibility New South Wales. The city's website has almost a million visits every year and Mayor Logan Harlett said the well-deserved awards were a culmination of seven years of work for the city's web partnership, comprising members of the city's communications and marketing and business systems teams. More news briefly. A former GM at Penrith City Council will be given a special award to recognise his significant contribution to the city over a number of years. Alan Stoneham was GM for 10 years until 2018 and returned as interim GM for a period recently. A civic reception will be held next year to make him an honoured citizen of the city of Penrith. 15 Tasmanian councils will share in $2.9 million in the first round of an Open Spaces Grants program. Funded projects include community sporting facilities, playgrounds, shared pathways and skate parks. A further round of $2 million will open to all councils in the coming months. Software as a service provider Technology One is expanding its government footprint, signing a new deal with the Queensland Parliamentary Service. 
Technology One's enterprise resource planning software will be a key plank of a digital transformation project to replace most of the service's legacy systems. It's now used in more than 230 federal and state government departments and agencies and has a strong presence across local government. And a newly formed local government in the East Arnhem region of the NT is looking for its inaugural CEO. The Groot Archipelago Regional Council will serve a population of 2,000 residents with elections scheduled for next March. Leading Roles is handling applications which are due by the 6th of December. Now on the Local Government News Roundup. It's time for the International Spotlight. A fair bit of news out of the UK to tell you about in the spotlight today. The expansion plans of the Wimbledon Grand Slam tennis tournament were dealt a blow this week when a local council denied it planning permission. The planning committee of the London Borough of Wandsworth has rejected plans for 39 new grass courts and an 8,000-seat show court, despite neighbouring council Merton giving its approval. The All England Tennis Club needs the support of both councils to move forward with the plans, which have been opposed by some local residents and environmental groups. But it might not be the end of the matter. ESPN has reported that the split council decision means the application will now be referred to the office of the Mayor of London for consideration. A series of thefts of e-scooter batteries across the Liverpool City region has led to the arrest of six people this week. Local police and Liverpool City Council have been gathering evidence since August to track more than 700 thefts, estimated to have a cost of over half a million pounds. The council has previously said the thefts were making the scheme unsustainable, with losses of around £300,000 each year. The autumn statement by Chancellor Jeremy Hunt has been labelled hugely disappointing after it failed to recognise the financial state of the local government sector. Room 151 reported that none of the 110 measures addressed calls for additional funding to protect local services delivered by local governments across the country. LGA Chair Sean Davies labelled it disappointing but did welcome an increase in local housing allowance rates, which had been called for by the sector. In Northern Ireland, an investigation is underway into how pro-Palestinian demonstrators were able to disrupt a council meeting in Londonderry. The group of demonstrators entered the meeting through private access areas and unfurled a large banner calling for the expulsion of the Israeli ambassador. According to a BBC News report, the frightening experience left some councillors in tears and staff unnerved. The mayor suspended the meeting before it was subsequently adjourned due to the incident and police are now looking into whether any offences had been committed. In Canada, a councillor has escaped sanction for disrespectful comments after fellow councillors couldn't agree on what action to take. CBC reported that Pembroke City's Integrity Commissioner recommended a 15-day suspension in pay for Councillor Troy Purcell, whose demands for more transparency in city procedures were found to have breached requirements for respectful conduct. Councillors agreed his comments were harsh and passionate, but they were unable to reach agreement on an appropriate sanction and therefore no action will be taken. And in British Columbia, there have been calls for a councillor at the city of Victoria to resign over her name appearing on an open letter calling on Canadian politicians to end their complicity in the genocide in Gaza. 
CBC reports on the calls for first-term councillor Susan Kim to step down and to apologise over claims that she's denied the sexual violence experienced by victims of Hamas attacks on October 7. A petition with over 8,500 signatures so far is calling for her official censure and removal from all official board appointments. And that brings this edition of the Local Government News Roundup to a close. This edition was recorded on the morning of Saturday, the 25th of November, 2023. The podcast is brought to you twice weekly by the Victorian Local Governance Association. And you can find the links to all of the stories referenced in the episode, along with a full transcript at lgnewsroundup.com. You'll also find breaking news updates there and details of how you can support the Roundup by becoming a subscriber through a small monthly contribution, which you can cancel at any time. Subscribers currently have access to another special episode of Roundup Unfiltered. Look for it in your queue now. The Local Government News Roundup is recorded in the city of Greater Geelong, Victoria, on the land of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. I'll have more of the latest local government news for you next week. Until then, thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you.